Welcome everyone to the Parlay. So welcome, 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 ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of The Parlay. We are your host. My name is Woody. And I'm Joey. And we are back with another edition of The Parlay, fresh off a little bit of a layoff. Uh, but we are back now, and we are ready to recap everything that has transpired in the A7FL Florida and greater A7FL uh, in our absence. So, Joey, how you been, man? Let's start there. Yeah, I'm going to be honest. Uh, it feels just like yesterday we... Reporter, man. But it feels good to be back. Hopefully, you know, we won't have any rust on this episode of the podcast. So apologize ahead of time if we do have any rust. But we're looking forward to uh, getting back into it. But other than that, man, I've been good. How about yourself? Uh, I've been here. You know, I still got those injuries I was uh, rehabbing and trying to get over all season. But uh, my elbow's feeling a lot better now. Um, like you said, it just feels like just yesterday that we were on the cast. But um, it feels like it's been longer since we've been on the field, so um, I think I'm still in a bit of a hangover from the season. Uh, shortened season as it was, by the way. Yeah, man. Uh, watching all the playoffs happen and everything like that makes me uh, get ready to uh, get back from Cancun, get back out onto the field, and get back after it for next season. Definitely. A lot of uh, feeling of FOMO going on, but um, let's just jump into it. Let's start. Right from the last episode, which I want to say was before the playoffs started. So we're going way farther back, but I just want to, you know, give that to the listeners. Um, who I'm sure obviously they've seen what's transpired since, but we owe that to them, especially not just when we win, uh, to go back to the beginning of the playoffs and, um, recap from then all the way to what we just saw last Sunday. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if you think about it, I, Figured that we actually had just won like a scrimmage or something like that because that's the only reason that we uh, we ever do shoot podcasts for whenever we do win games. But it's good to be back. Um, obviously, the game with the, the ghosts and the orange didn't go the way that the ghosts had anticipated it. Um, felt like we had the proper game plan and everything heading into the game. Um, just didn't unfold the way that you know we planned for it. And sometimes that doesn't happen, and you just got to recoup in get back to the drawing board for next season. For sure. I think that's definitely the um, the politically correct answer. Um, also, the truthful answer, for sure. We definitely did come in with a really good game plan. Uh, I think it came down to execution on the field uh, in that game against the Old Town Orange. Um, we hate to, you know, make the excuses if this person was in there, if this person was there. Um, they had people missing. We had people missing. We had, you know, some people show up uh, late. Um, life got in the way. It's an away game for us over in Tampa. So, you know, you, you can sit there and make the complaints you want to make. But, hey, early in the season, if we take care of business and, you know, we we beat them twice, then they have to come to, to us. We have the higher seed and they have to come to us. Uh, so, you know, with all things being said, even though we were technically two Orlando teams playing in Tampa, um, and that did play a factor in it, you know, at the end of the day, the players that did show up, um, those that made the plays made the enough plays to win the game, and the players that didn't, you know, we went home early. So that was definitely the course. Uh, the, I will say the official was a, a oh my god, terrible in that second half. Um, Forty-five to a minute, fifteen play clocks for the orange, as opposed to you know, it felt like a seventeen-second play clock for us. 
You know, as soon as we get out the huddle, they're already counting down to five. Um, if that, because I felt like we didn't take that long in the in the huddle. But all that being said, at the end of the day, don't want to take anything from the Old Town Orange. But I do think that you can find that happy medium of giving them their credit for winning and still criticizing what happened in the in the game. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, you know, you never want to put the games in the refs' hands. Sometimes, as much as it seems that it was at times, hats off to the Orange. They played an amazing game, man. Um, you know, we were both playing Iron Ball. Some of our players that we design our game scheme around weren't there when we needed them to be due to life, work, and some injuries. So, kind of had to, uh, you know, do it on the fly and make those adjustments and we were able to hang with them for the, the time that we did and then it just got out of hand and at the end of the day you have to prepare for those types of situations and at the end of the day it's the best man that's going to win and the best man that's going to be prepared for those types of situations. For sure. I think that this was definitely um, for a lot of our returners um, I think this was a lot of uh, Finally seeing the other side of the coin, seeing as though we have been, you know, the more stable franchise in Florida for the three years that we've been here, um, two times in the, you know, division championship, um, the less turnover, least turnover. This was the most turnover we've had on a roster um, at all. So obviously this is not saying anything to factor in with the game. I'm saying with the result of the game and the result of the season and how it went, um, this is easily our worst year that we've had. Um, but this is also our smallest, and as far as the the quantity, not the quality of players, but the quantity of players for sure, uh, it's our smallest roster, um, and definitely, um, just again, for quantity, our least talented roster that we've had. So it reflected in our record and uh, what we put on the field, but it has nothing to do with the heart and the talent of the guys that were out there. We just didn't have the, um, we didn't have the dogs on the field. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the way I like to look at it, you know, like you just said, we were the most consistent team for two, three years as far as how we built the, the franchise that we are continually building. Just going to say, like, all the rookie contracts ran out. You know, we weren't able to have the cap space to retain everybody uh, with cap space being, you know, life happening. So we just got to just gonna adjust to it. Um, year four can be a lot better. I already see some really good things coming to go play and excited to see where it takes them. Oh, for sure. I think that that's definitely, that was a very good way to put it. Rookie contracts ran up and even some of our, um, our uh, free agent signings in principle, you know, before it made it went official on the dotted line, definitely. Um, and even some afterwards, uh, definitely, um, you know, went over to the night crawler. So we lost a large part of our recruitment to them as well. So, that happens, you know, it's, it's part of the A7FL and it's something that, you know, people are starting to see now with, um, New Jersey's, uh, season being over. Um, it, they're starting to see a lot of free agent moving. This is, uh, what I, you know, I told you from year one, I said, this is the nastiest time of the season is right after everyone loses and the championship game is set. Before that game is even played, the, the dealing has already started. People, you know, the conversations, well, I'm going to go play here. I'm going to go play here. I wasn't getting enough playing time this season. I want to go here. Um, those things start happening. But do they, um, are there anything you can really, you know, set your table to? No, you can't. Um, so yeah. there's a lot of, you know, dealings happening. So, um, but let's go on to the next round uh, before we get too far into that. 
Um, let's go on to the next round. After the Old Town Orange defeated the Orlando Ghosts, uh, let's go on to the next round. All right. Um, Old Town Orange defeated the Orlando Ghosts 40-25, moved to the Divisional Championship round. Uh, number one, Nightcrawlers face off against the Old Town Orange, uh, number two seed. It wasn't a very competitive game. It was the first time that any games of the week were broadcasted in Florida, and I think majorly part of uh, Dominic Rogers Camardi playing for the Nightcrawlers. If he had not been on that team, I don't think that we would have gotten any uh, any film to go off what we had been receiving for, you know, year three down here, which is relatively none other than what we've produced ourselves down here, which is pretty sad on my part. Um, but yeah, that game, that game wasn't competitive. It pretty much rolled out the way that everyone expected it to see. I think it was 80 to 6, with obviously the Orange putting as much as they could into the game, but at the end of the day, the net quality was just too much, too fast, and just too deep. For sure. I think, um, their roster that they assembled this year was very, very impressive. Um, what the Nightcrawlers did, and it was just too much for the Orange. Um, I don't believe that they brought out all their players as well. So um, to step into the ring with an opponent, the caliber of the Nightcrawlers, when they're bringing their A game, you can't bring your B, C, or D game. You have to step up with your A game as well um, to have a fighting chance. And that's, you know, they didn't travel well just like they didn't travel the week prior you know well like you said we were both kind of playing iron man ball weren't too many subs on their sideline um when they played us so to bring that and i guess they i think they were still missing like rico didn't play in that championship game either um so to bring would not bring that x-factor weapon that they you know used against us without having him there uh against that fully assembled uh nightcrawlers team you know even with them bringing especially with them bringing out drs um yeah, and to the point that you made about, you know, the film, for sure. I don't want to say that was the first. I think when the Nightcrawlers played the A-team, it was a game of the week. No, when they played the Buzz, sorry. I think it was a game of the week, um, but I could be wrong. But it made this was definitely the biggest stage, though. Um, this may have been the second time we ever made it. But um, either way, like you said, the fact that we had no coverage, no consistent film this entire season... Um, yeah, that was a big shame on the league. We'll say that for sure. Yeah, and hopefully with um, what we'll get into a little bit later, we'll see how that plays off of where a Florida team is now representing not only an accomplished championship, but potentially playing for a national championship right now. So hopefully that's going to bring some eyes down here to Florida. It's going to get some investors geared up and ready to make that jump over here, whether it's, you know, it's going to be a Florida-based uh, owner or somebody be somebody out of state that sees the potential that we already have down here, and we haven't even touched the tip of the iceberg yet. For sure. Um, so, yeah, we'll go on to, obviously, they go and they win, on, they win that game, like you said, it was 80-6. to six. Um, They move on after winning the Florida Championship to going to the Eastern Conference Championship uh, against the Pro Watchmen. They traveled to Ohio to go play them there. Oh, oh sorry. I, I was loading up the, uh, the phone for that championship game. My bad. AOL hadn't loaded up yet. <laughs> yes, I <laughs> Joseph. Oh, 
Yeah, so they went on to play them. Uh, that game was played in Ohio, streamed on Caffeine. Um, and as some people were having, as you just alluded to, uh, a lot of trouble watching that game. How was that uh, experience for you? Uh, as the, you gave us a little preview there, but how was it for you, man? <laughs> Dude, that, that game was painful to watch. If it hadn't been as entertaining, I feel as it was with the technical difficulties, I would not have been able to watch that game. I would have just looked for the highlights, looked for the final score, and then called it a day. But because it was so competitive, I was willing to sit through the um, the technical difficulties and read through the comments that the, the chat was making towards uh, uh, the, the, the hosts. That they were just, you know, choking on them about it. Oh, for sure. I know the comment that that comment section was going crazy over the technical difficulties. Me personally, for me, I was trying to watch the game. Um, I had a break. I was at work. I had a break and I tried to tune in to watch it and it was just so tough to get through. And it was like, if it wasn't for the fact of the game being the game of that magnitude and like you said, the competitiveness of the game, it was really, really tough to sit through and watch it. Um, but. Uh, it was a high offense game. Um, it was a hell of a game. And um, what do you? Okay, what do you have? What were some standouts for your game before we get to the result of the game? Um, besides the technical difficulties, what else was some stand uh, standouts for your game for that game for me? I would just I, so some standouts. I would just say how well um, the Night Claws were able to match up with the Washington being a super team, pretty much the best players from the whole state of Baltimore and how they were pretty much able to go with them step for step, punch for punch, when they really, the only other team at the time that they hadn't seen one was about a year ago. So not seeing any of that Northeast competition, being able to go for them punch for punch and ultimately get the win, um, that was pretty impressive. And just the composure overall and the growth that the Nightcrawlers have made from the previous year to where they were up a score, up two scores, whatever it was on the rare breed, where they were dancing and kind of, let them get back into the game, which ultimately led to the demise of losing the game. Um, the leadership from uh, Deontay Henderson and Palm down the players, whenever they did want to, you know, start dancing a little bit and let the game get closer than it should have been. And also from like Rick Johnson, who's one of the biggest characters on the team, was able to cal calm down Rico Brown after he had scored the touchdown, got slapped in the face, was able to pull him. So just how they were able to hang with them and also the composure that they were able to show. For sure, the the growth in this um, Tampa team um, was amazing. I'll I'll say from the production um, to what we did see on the field, uh, it looked like a good environment where they were playing at um, over there in Ohio. Shout out to them for being a good host. From everything I've heard from the people I've talked to from Ohio, uh, the people I talked to in Vegas, the people I talked to um, on the crawlers, and the people I've talked to. Um, just the higher ups in the league, they everyone said that you know it was a great environment as far as like the uh, the place they were playing in um, and the field itself. So you know, shout out to that for sure. But to the point you're making, the growth that the Tampa Nightcrawlers made this year um, was definitely something to to see. We didn't get um, the full assembled roster until the second time we played them. And then from then on, it seemed like they, they were locked in to show up every week. And they, you know, they, they played a hell of a game. They played, um, they played Tampa Nightcrawlers football for the most part. Um, that's what they do. They get out, they score, they score, they score, they score, they score. 
And um, yeah, they just try to overwhelm you with, with the points that they put up. And um, one thing that I'll definitely always shout them out for is their utilization of the special teams. I think that doesn't get talked to, um, talked about enough. Yeah, absolutely. I think they scored, what, um, two uh, kickoff returns on that, and that were ultimately the decider of the game. So a special teams played such a big role in that game because that's so hard. No time comes off the clock, and you have to get right back out there on offense to try to do it again. A whole drive that could be worth the whole football length of the field limit. They were able to pretty much put six on the board within 10 seconds. Within no seconds. There's <laughs> literally no seconds come off the clock. They scored. Um, I believe there was a minute something left on the clock. They scored on the, the uh, BME Keys one. He scores. And then, you know, they go down and score before halftime. And then the very next throw off, they score again. You know, without taking any time off the clock, they've now, you know, regained the lead that you just worked so hard in that last minute to, you know, before the half to score. And here they go. They just score all over again. So. Um, their utilization of the special teams is something that's, you know, really, really big for them. Uh, the What's interesting to me is the thing, <laughs> I guess this is my ghost hat showing, um, but the thing that they, you know, I'll say it, they took from us, um, their run game and that offensive line was not something they, you know, all the way even needed. It was the, that was the, the last infinity stone that they needed for, um, you know, what I believe is going to be, their um their championship season was them getting a run game, them getting a stronger offensive line, um, and they have it, but they didn't really need to use it, and that's you know what's really really scary for the you know for the Insomniacs with who they're going to have to play. Sorry if I'm spoiling um the other game we need to cover, but it's going to be the fact that if they get into a game where they now need to you know run the rock, they do have that option, but you know we saw that they didn't need to do do that against the Watchmen. Yeah, it's, it's going to be very interesting because, I mean, the two years that the, the Crawlers have been the Crawlers, the team that we see now, I mean, maybe they've ran, what, maybe a handful of times. So it's going to be interesting to where they get to the points in this game that they're going to be playing to where they're kind of they're kind of going to have to be forced to actually run the ball to eat some clock or to see if they stick to their typical flag style, um, behind the back passes, those types of style. To, to kind of catapult them over there to the finish line. That will be interesting to see. I, I would have thought this would have been the game that they needed to really um, run the ball, and they didn't really need to at all. They were able to um, – I know Rico went for over 300 yards from the post that I saw, um, that it looked as though he had over 300 yards just to one receiver. And um, Rico, I want to give a big shout-out to him. He's somebody, when we like to, you know, poke fun of the crawlers before about, you know – or we like to poke fun at some of the originals and say, you know, hey, those are the guys that, you know, started with them that are no longer getting playing time. Rico's been, Rico's been on that team, I want to say, every season. I want to say he's one of the originals that have still still stand the tennis. Him and um, Lot, Lot, number nine, I know those are two Lot guys. Smith. Yeah, Lot Smith. I know Rico, maybe year two, I could be, but I remember scrimmaging them and Rico was playing that game. I know Lot's been there yeah. since day one. He played. Yeah, you can't you can't leave out uh, defensive self-proclaimed self uh, defensive player of the year, uh, Flacco man. <laughs> he's still he's still out there. We're not gonna do that. Those are that's. <laughs> 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 
Oh, hey, listen, you would think that he is definitely one of those bona fide starters with the amount uh, of trash talk that he's uh, been giving the, the Jersey guys. He's in there. He's in their group posts like heavy. He's one of the main guys doing the talking, and it's you know, it's hey man, every everyone has to know their roles on the team, and he's just on that that Pat Beverly, I'm gonna talk my shit kind of role. And yeah. speaking of roles, Woody, I have a question for you. With the player roles that the Nightcrawlers have this year, let's say they win the national championship, do you see those same players? that are in the roles that they're not typically used to be being, I guess, playing. Do you see them on the Nightcrawlers last year, taking more of a step back and being more of a role player? Or do you see them kind of branching out to be the bigger fish in a smaller pond? Ah, that's a tough question. I, I don't know. I, I don't know. Um, I wish I can give you a defensive answer or maybe give you more of a, you know, a, a flashy answer and say, hell no, those guys are all going to leave. And no, I, I can't say that because I know these guys may want to run it back. Hell, if they go and they win it all, what's to stop them from saying, hey, let's go repeat? You know, let's all stay together. Um, if I was a betting man, I would bet that um, some of these guys that would be starters on other teams may leave and go to another team. Whereas I feel, and that's not to take a jab at the Nightcrawlers, because I believe that they would be able to recruit and just bring in more guys. But I could definitely see some of those guys who would be stars and would help balance out the, the competitiveness here in Florida, um, branching off and going off to other teams, whether it be the Orange, whether it be bring someone saying, let's go bring back a team or someone saying, let's go to the Ghosts. I can see that happening as well, because that's kind of the problem or the... The downside, let me say, that's kind of the downside to building one of these quote-unquote super teams. I won't say quote-unquote. One of these super teams is you have guys that, you know, don't want to leave the field, that don't want to, you know, have to play that role of, you know, the third string running back, um, you know, the sixth receiver on the team or the fourth receiver on the team who feels as though, hey, if I was playing on, you know, the orange, I'd be their number one receiver. So it's all about what guys want if they want to want to, you know, hey, let's run it back. But if I was a betting man and my money was on it, those guys ain't staying there. Just especially after reaching the, you know, the mountaintop, getting that championship. It's like, all right, now I won already. So let me go, you know, let me go shine now. Yeah, no, I, I definitely agree with that. I think that's a very fair evaluation. And I can definitely see it uh, going both ways. Uh, some of the players, you know, they're happy with the win. They, They'll, you know, ride that back seat to go try and get another one. There's other players going to say, hey, you know, I just won a national championship. I didn't play the role that I wanted to play. I know that I can play more of a role on another team and contribute to them winning. And I think that's definitely going to happen. Yes, for sure. I think that's definitely going to um, – that's the way it may go. Um, but, that again, that's not to sit there and say that, you know, they, they don't want to win because they just feel like maybe I can win somewhere else, whereas I'm more of a factor into why we're winning. So that's going to come down to um, those leaderships and the, those leaders and leadership and those uh, roster builders to make sure that the roster is built um, perfectly, especially, again, if they win it all. And like you alluded to earlier, well, you flat out said it, not alluded. Um, these investors, if we get an investor or somebody with some money that comes and, you know, buys the division and wants to, you know, bolster it, these guys are not going to want to be Who's going to want to be the fourth or fifth receiver? Yes, that's the team that's winning, but who wants to be that guy when you know in your heart that with your abilities you can be the number one receiver on another team? Or rather than being, you know, the third running back, you can go and at least be the backup or the starting running back 
on another team. Now a team that's going to get more visibility where we get consistent um, film and we get better fields at X, Y, and Z with, you know, hopefully with an investor coming in and buying the division. So for sure, I can, that's more of a reason why I, I say what I said um, in that aspect. But that was a really good question, Joey, because, um, yeah, I, but th- to go back to this year, um, that game, uh, that game, because we're getting ahead of ourselves. We got to finish this game. Um, with them winning, uh, definitely shines a light on Florida. And it's it's making a lot of teams have to evaluate how they're doing things. Yeah. And, and with the amount of film that any other division had seen on Florida, how we were just, how they were able to step in the spotlight and just kind of suffer punch one of the you know best teams that everyone pretty much had their money on. To win the national championship really, if it hadn't done it last year with us, with them almost beating the rare breed, it better have done it now. So hats off to the Nightcrawlers again. You, you want to get into that game, uh, the other, the, the Western Conference, uh, championship game. Well, before we get there, really want to call it again. yeah, before we get there, I just want to, uh, to close out on this game. I definitely also want to, you know, for me, I like, you know, me, I'm a, I'm a storyline guy. I like the storyline that was, embedded in this game i like the um the redemption you know that story of redemption for this you know essentially the watchmen who were the number one seed on top of that let's not forget that for them to then turn around and um because they're a combination of like from my sources they're essentially the combination of um the rare breed and um depending on who you speak to five to seven players from the Gators is what, you know, helped create that super team. But it's some of the best of the best players in the state of Florida, uh, state of Florida, <laughs> this, uh, the city of Baltimore, but the state of Maryland, um, for them, them all joining that team and, you know, running the table essentially. I know, I know they didn't go undefeated, but for them to get all the way to the, you know, to that championship game, uh, and then for them to be playing essentially that an upgraded version of that team, that both teams upgraded essentially, and then came and played again, and for the crawlers to you know get that redemption and to get over that hump of that you know that embarrassment, which I know I'm, from the guys I spoke to on the crawlers, no one felt embarrassed, um, but we'll call it an embarrassment of you know being up and you know essentially fumbling the game away, um, not literally but figuratively. Um, for them to get that redemption, that's that was a big storyline that I liked coming into the game, and I like to see you know them getting that redemption for sure. Um, but we can go on to the next game. All right, like I said, um, if you really want to call it a game, the uh, the chaos and the insomniacs participated in <laughs> a in a game um, where it was very lopsided. Game for the uh, the chaos where they did not actually get to finish the game. Um, they called it at the the third quarter or production was just cut off because it was so bad. Um, I believe I don't even, I remember the score. Uh, I was tuned in and out of it. I remember I kind of tuned out when it was like twenty to zero because it was still lagging so bad. I was like, I'm, I'm not doing this. So I could check back in every now and then, and then by the end of it, they just cut the production. But as far as the game overall. You pretty much got what you expected out of the Insomniacs. Um, the same product that they've been putting out all year. Their style play. They came and played Insomniac football. And the chaos kind of got exposed for what they were. Um, you can't really 
I mean, a lot of the other teams have put a receiver at quarterback position and it flourished. It just did not work out for a first year quarterback in, um, it's Kino, Kino Thomas. So that's where they were. They got exposed. I kind of saw it. I was very hot in the chaos. I know both kind of were. Uh, definitely a top 10 team from what I saw that they were producing all year, but kind of, kind of started to shed some light when they played the, the heist, the, the week two, two, three weeks before in that division championship game, um, where they pretty much essentially went in overtime and went off a pick six in overtime. So where they weren't able to produce the same amount of points, they were kind of treated, transitioned to a one dimensional team, which is exactly what the Insomniacs were able to do. They stopped the, uh, the passing game, really made Kino, um, try and force his arm, and then they shut down the Grenade game. That's a great breakdown. I don't have nothing uh, much more to add, unfortunately. Um, that was essentially it. What you saw is what I saw. Um, they came with a hell of a game plan, and they came with their talent. Um, I, it's really unfortunate for Ohio, with this being their um, you know first real year. Um, you know, obviously they played last year as well, but um, for this being their first real year where they get a, you know this spotlight and they got this opportunity to host it. Because, you know, we all went to, you know, everyone went to Ohio um, to get beat like that on your uh, home field. That's really, really tough. Um, I know for Florida, when we went up our first year to play against the U, it was at least on the road, you know, after traveling you know, as far as they traveled in a van uh, up to Jersey. They, you know, they, they produced what they produced, but it was also, you know, somewhat of an excuse um, laced in there. But for that to be everyone traveling to you and, you know, there's everyone's you had a chance to bring, you know, your best. And unfortunately, that happens to you. That definitely, definitely sucks. You know, we had those co that coaching staff on our podcast earlier this season. You know, we, we tried to incorporate Ohio a lot this year. Um, so, yeah, so it sucks for those guys for sure. Well, let, let me ask you this, Woody. Would you rather lose at home and have a shorter bus ride home, or would you rather lose 15 hours away on the road and then have a long ride home? I don't want to lose like that in front of my peoples. Because you know they had people at the game. You know it's, oh, we're in the championship, one away from the, cha from the you know, nationals, the natty. You know, they, you know they had people there. And I don't know, a short ride home, but... Having that memory there, that's, ugh. I think I'm going to go with that. I'd rather, I would much rather a long bus ride home where I can, like, at least get over it by the time I'm home. Or it feel a little bit better by the time I'm in my own bed as opposed to quickly being in my own bed and, you know, having to have those yeah, awkward conversations. Yeah. And I guess with the asshole thing that the Insomniacs um, gave, their asses were probably pretty numb riding all the way back. So I guess I'd rather take a long bus ride. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was for sure. And you know what? I, I think the chaos, they definitely, um, they talked a lot of noise this year, um, riding their success. Um, so, uh, you know, a bit of a humble, bit of humble pie, you think? Yeah, I mean, I think, I think they, they got, they're, they're warm welcome to the league. Everybody gets it. They team got it. They were, they were in, um, Jersey talking their shit on a, on a live, you know, saying, hey, I only you and all this good stuff. And, Insomniacs or the other chaos, they got their, their, their welcome to the league. So I think they'll bounce back. Very decent team. Very well structured offense, defensive coordinator. 
obviously having coaches working out for them. They, they're semi pro team coming in, so they already have that chemistry. So I believe they have a uh, very bright future to probably run the, the high division for the foreseeable future. Now we just need to get a little bit more competition, a little bit more um, chemistry with those other couple teams, taking nothing away from the, uh, the highest or very decent team. But those are the two bottom tier teams. They need a lot done. Now, for sure, there is a lot of improvement that needs to happen um, division-wide. Hopefully, the light and, you know, the them getting to the <laughs> them getting to the, the level that they got to, hopefully that ain't <laughs> that little <laughs> those me trying to stop myself from being messy. Um, but them getting to that level uh, will hopefully increase their recruiting so that they some of these teams can go ahead and 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 raise their level of competition up and able to balance out some of these rosters. But hopefully the guy, the people improving are able to do so to the level where they can compete um, better when they go against another Insomniac or if they play a team from the East or however um, it shakes out next year. I, um, yeah, again, it just definitely sucks. I understand, um, you know, both of us understand from being people who need to, you know, um, promote a brand in your franchise, the, the type of trash talking and, you know, bravado that those guys, cause you know, when they were on the podcast, like you said, um, in a previous conversation, like you said, those are really humble guys, really nice guys, the, the coaching staff. Um, but definitely their social media presence. Um, they took a page from, you know, the great social media coordinator that is, um, Flacco for the Nightcrawlers. Um, and they were very, uh, <laughs> bold and, uh, braggadocious, um, saying that they only play in three quarters of football every week. And, um, it looked like ultimately that lack of competition definitely caught up to them because they were not ready, um, for when they played, um, higher competition. Yeah, that definitely caught up to them. And I, if anything, you know, I think it put, a, uh, a target on their back. Um, you know, unavoidably, they, uh, they did that to themselves with all their, uh, social media posts and everything. And the amount of memes that I've seen, um, that are, that have come out from, uh, your boy, uh, inside the lines of just dog walking, um, those chaos guys. It, it is, it has been pretty comical. It has gotten me, me through the week so far. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm all for it. I love it. No, for sure. One thing that I think uh, a little subplots again, you know me, I love my good storylines. Um, was definitely these guys, um, the Vegas guys. They took that that little battle for the name Sin City. They took that pretty uh, pretty seriously. They didn't like Cincinnati calling themselves Sin City. Uh, I think there's a spell differently, of course, than you know S I N. But um, that's something that I saw them, you know, really hanging their hats on, saying, "No, we're the real Sin City." Like they didn't like Cincinnati trying to do that at all. No, they're, uh, they're definitely coming good on their, their product of number one in Vegas versus everybody. And they definitely took that personally, the whole Sin City, the amount of back and forth that I had seen, uh, on Facebook about that, about them proving them wrong. Even from the other teams in the division, they're like, go out there and show them, you know, who the real Sin City is and all that. And the memes that have just come out about their flights being canceled and all that. Did you see the one, uh, where the chaos were in Vegas for the national championship that they had edited. Yes, where they edited them, themselves behind the "Welcome to Las Vegas" sign. That one, right? Uh huh. And then, and then, whoever it was, 
edit it really quick. The problem for the game was even over. It's like slight cancel. <laughs> and I, I, thought, I thought that was great. Yeah, that's that's good meme work there. And I think we did about five minutes on this game that really didn't, you know, deserve five minutes. So I definitely want to give a shout out to us too for stretching this, this topic out <laughs> as far as we could and getting a good bit of content out of it. So shout out to us, Jelly. I want to give us that pat on the back as we close this up. All right, awesome, man. And uh, you want you want to get into who your our predictions for the game, or you want to say that for um, another episode? I mean, we can say it real quickly now on three together. You ready? We're just gonna say the city mm-hmm. that it, we can say the city that we think is gonna win. All right, <laughs> one, two, three. Tampa. Tampa. <laughs> yeah, this yeah. Come on, we we with what they produced with the way they've grown this team for sure. I think that um, they're definitely going to beat the Insomniacs. That's not to say the Insomniacs aren't good, but um, like I tell everybody from seeing it and experiencing it uh, firsthand. Um, I always say playing the crawlers is kind of like trying to race a boulder downhill and you got to try and keep up, you know, and any little stumble that boulder is taking off on, you know, good luck trying to catch up to it. Um, I know that's a very yeah. weird analogy, but that's, that's the best. Like as someone that's dealt with it, you understand what that's like. Yeah. And I'll say something, you know, I'll, I'll give the insomniacs a little bit piece of advice. Um, there's no point in watching film. Um, I saw Derek put something out like, Hey, we got the Insomniacs playing in the National Championship. You know, anybody have any film guys? And you can't really game plan for them because I don't even think they have a game plan. They literally just go out there, they play. They don't have any, they don't have a playbook or anything like that. They get in a huddle. A bad way says you're doing this and that. Run a post, run a comeback, and that's what it is. There's no there's no structure from what I've seen. It probably is structured in some way to say that the unstructured is not fair to them. But their offense is go out there and make a play. I'm going to be a playmaker at quarterback until somebody gets open. If not, I'm going to check down front. So you can't really game plan for them. So I would, I would say don't waste any time watching any film on the night crawlers, given that we don't have any film in general. So good luck with that. I was about to say, what film are they going to watch? That that choppy footage from the uh, from the live? Which I'll, yeah, I'll say. Can, yeah. <laughs> better, better, better wait on that AOL to load up. <laughs> so I'll say this. I think that, um, are you, well, let me ask you this, I guess. So are you saying that the, um, the binder or the clipboard that the coach is carrying is blank? Cause I see him with a clipboard in his hand. That, that is a, that is a whiteboard. I don't think I've ever even seen a dry erase. I think he just carries <laughs> that around. <laughs> I think one of the funniest clips coming out of that game was definitely the play where um, number zero, who went crazy, um, I believe his name is Keith, uh, number zero for the Watchmen, he he scored on a what looked like a back shoulder fade or just a fade route into the end zone, and the coach is jumping up and down and actually daps him up. I think that's one of the funniest highlights that they have from that game for sure. Did you see that one? Yeah, no, actually, I don't, I'm, I'm sure I saw it. I just, there was so, so much scoring going on in that game, 112 points worth that. <laughs> I don't remember that exactly. I'll, I'll send you, it to you. You had a couple. I'll send it to you. But definitely, shout out to him before we, um, we, we end this and before we walk away from this topic. Um, I definitely want to give a shout out to the Watchmen for the season that they put together. And, um, you know, it, it was an offensive heavy game, which is the kind of game that I love to watch. Um, Whereas I know you probably differ and you like more of a defensive game or just a little bit more balanced and more defense. I love me a good shootout. Um, both 
teams had playmakers step up and make tons of plays, which went definitely went into how entertaining that game was to me. So shout out to all the players in the Watchmen and their great season that they put together with their first team together as a full team. And definitely shout out to the to the Tampa Nightcrawlers for doing what they need to do to bounce back from last year. And, you know, like we both just said, we're definitely rooting for them and predicting that they're going to be the A7FL champions this year. Yeah, shout out to those guys for giving us enough enough of a game to cover both your guys that game and also Insomniac's chaos game. <laughs> so we really got two games out of, out of that one to cover that. For sure. Um, again, uh, <laughs> Joe, you're so stupid. Um, yes, that was a that was a great game. And moving forward, like we said before, I think um, with us both predicting that the Tampa Nightcrawlers would win, them winning and what it would do, I think selfishly. We um, obviously we want those guys to win. There's a bunch of good guys on the Tampa Nightcrawlers that we know. Um, that we know there's some not good guys on the team that we don't really care for, as well. But um, I definitely want to see them win. Definitely want to see you know those guys win personally on a bigger level. We want obviously want Florida win. Uh, we want to you know have the champion of A7FL being in, be in the state if it's not going to be anyone else. Uh, definitely want them. But selfishly, we definitely want them to win because we want to see the residuals of what having this their this season, this season's champion be in our division. I know that when I was on RTU and I believe when I was on three one three on one as well, I said that um, the champion can be out of Florida this year. I know Big Rob uh, from the three on one was definitely saying you know Florida's maybe three seasons away, but saying that he, they were a lot closer than what everyone else was saying. Um, but I know when I was on RTU, I definitely said with the additions that the Crawlers made that it could be this season. There's, you know, nothing stopping them this season for sure um, besides themselves. And they did not. Um, they did not trip up not once. Again, like, they didn't trip up. They've, they've been rolling. And even the times they did, they were about to. Like you said, the great point that you made. Um, that was a great observation, by the way, earlier. Um, between Deontay Henderson and even Reek Johnson. Um, and the other people that maybe we didn't see on, on camera, reining the players in, keeping this thing in line, not letting themselves fall victim to the same things. Again, I know, you know, kind of repeating ourselves, but I will say to my larger point, again, definitely want those guys to win, especially those good guys on the team, those good, you know, good men. And then selfishly, you know, the residuals that it can give for, you know, the ghosts themselves and all of Florida uh, having the champion be in the state. Yeah, definitely, you know, you, you, you touched on it very well. Good luck to the Crawlers. Bring it home for you guys and bring it home for the state of Florida. Get us the respect that we deserve. And shout out to Big Rob. He's been the biggest guy, uh, biggest supporter of the Florida division. He, he, he sees the potential in us. He's been the biggest advocate for what is essentially going to be coming to the league. There's no denying it. Just like Thanos, we are inevitable down here. It's going to happen. And also shout out to uh, to Corey um, Hammond for giving me my shirt finally. Psych. Just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> he has not gotten my shirt. That AOL from the uh, from the championship game that he's been trying to use to order that shirt is probably still loaded to this point. So no rest, Corey. It's only been a whole whole season since you promised me you were gonna get your shirt, but no big deal. Uh yeah. Come on, short Corey. Get this man his shirt. That's that's crazy. I think what was it the uh, Corey Hammond? I'll, I'll try. Was it I'll try shirt? 
he, the last thing that, yeah, it's supposed to be an outside shirt, but he hasn't tried to get in my shirt at all this year. Yes, that's crazy, Corey. You got to be gotta be a man of your word, Corey. Come on. Don't make him have to drive up to Bo- – well, he doesn't live in Boston. Which I don't even think he's going to play for the Omegas next season, too. I think that's another thing. But that's definitely something we'll get um, onto later. Um, we'll go ahead and wrap up this podcast. Um, thank you guys so much for listening. Um, this has been a great season. Uh, thank you, Joey, again for being on with me. This is not to say this is our last podcast because obviously we're going to be back again after the championship game on the 23rd uh, to recap the championship game and uh, what we both believe will be a victory for the Tampa Nightcrawlers and uh, the 2023 uh, spring A7FL champions will be the Tampa Nightcrawlers in our beliefs. Um, so we'll definitely be back after that and then well into the off season to get into all the rumors and the movement and everything going on and moving forward. Um, so this isn't the last of us from us, obviously. Um, but we'll definitely love to, you know, to get on again and hopefully we can try and get at least someone from both the teams on before the game to get you another podcast out. Um, don't, you know. I've got a good uh, source on getting a guy from the Crawlers, but I don't know about the Insomniacs yet. I know they have their um, podcast out there, so who knows if they might be a little stingy on getting me a guest. So I'm going to have to do um, some magic or let you use your sources, Joey, because we know you got many. Yeah, but we're not going to disclose those. And uh, any, any of the guys from the Chaos or even the Watchmen that, um, that do listen in that want to you know, hop on for a little, little stint, and talk about, you know, their perspective of the game and what could have went differently, if anything, not so much for the chaos, um, but what would have went differently for them to actually essentially get the win? <laughs> that was so shady, Joseph. But yes, absolutely. We definitely would love to do that as well. Um, we'll be working on getting that out there for you guys as well. So again, uh, thank you, thank you, thank you so much, you guys, for listening. Uh, we know we've been gone for a little bit, so that you guys tuning in means a lot to us. Thank you for listening to this podcast. As always, I'm your host. My name is Woody. That is Joey. We are The Parlay. Again, please, this podcast is available on Apple and Spotify as well. And please listen, comment, share, and definitely leave a five-star review. Like my man Bomani Jones says, if you leave four stars only, we are inclined to believe you are a hater. So please, don't be a hater. And leave a five-star review for us, the parlay. I am your host. My name is Woody. That is Joey. What are you you doing, Joey? (laughs) Are you messing that up? (laughs) We're not that rusty. (laughs) Oh, man. All right, Joseph. We're out. Corey, get him a shirt.